1: It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack on with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station.
0: You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Kaiji Curry House episode 20 for us. And this is Joe. I am joined by hosts Paul. Hello. Alex. How do? And then our special guest tonight is Miss Tiffany Grant.
3: Hello there.
2: All right. So Tiffany is a fantastic voice actress. She has appeared oh. in numerous shows, uh voice I guess, and uh we would know her best mm-hmm. through Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> as oscar
3: i'm oscar oscar langley so are you charmed huh
2: so very cool i will say that you were mm-hmm. my favorite character of the show so
3: oh thank you yeah
2: all right so the way that we start these it's off
3: pro- probably because she's the best one but
2: she is the best one she is <laughs> Shinji's overrated anyway
4: I, I disagree that's... i'm i'm a ray fanboy. oh
3: god what are you stupid you're so lucky you're on the other side of the ocean.
2: We're going to cross this bridge later on the episode. We are going to cross okay. this bridge right okay. later in the episode. Okay. But I am going to say right now, the voice actor or actress, that any of Ray's stuff, yes. they had it easy.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: She says nothing. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, uh-huh. so uh, we normally start these podcasts off with a great mm-hmm. pun, what have Kaiju been up to? So mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and lead that off. Um, Paul. Okay. What have you been up? What have Kaiju been up to?
5: Well, Joe, I have taken a brief break from my studies, as we mentioned last time, um, and chilled out with a friend to watch a werewolf movie. Mm -mm. It's called Howl, and it was actually nominated for a few awards and actually won um, best director for a for a film festival. So it's not. Is that
2: the one where they were on the train?
0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your guard speaking. I'd like to welcome you aboard the 2359 service to Eastborough. Yes. Oh, I saw that.
5: Yeah, it was... I mean, we were just flicking through Amazon Prime and thinking, what can we watch? Um,
2: like the little. That's, that's exactly how I thought, found it, yeah.
5: Yeah, I thought, thought, well, it doesn't look terrible. And, um, yeah, we stuck it on. It's about a, a group of passengers who are on, a, on like an overnight train journey. The train suddenly comes to a halt uh, in the woods, and would you believe there's a pack of werewolves nearby? We seem to have broken
0: down just outside Eastbrook.
2: What does the driver say?
0: Is to... the train broken down
2: or not? He's working on it.
0: <laughs> the um,
5: the cars are a bit.
2: They are um, a menace, werewolves. I mean, they, they attack trains far too often. It's really. Yeah, I think but... <laughs> that's what happens when you don't
3: pay for the premium car.
2: Local menace, yeah. I'm telling you. Werewolves, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, just just the
5: common werewolf, yeah, yeah. There we go. Was, they were they were really good. The effects were good. The acting was was decent. So yeah, I've I've been watching werewolf films and, and enjoying them. So,
4: <laughs> what is your favorite
5: werewolf film, Mister Paul? What's my what's my what? Sorry.
4: What is your favorite werewolf film, Mister?
5: My favorite. Oh, my favorite werewolf film. Oh, I don't know. There's so many. I mean, there's American Werewolf in London, which is obviously the, the classic. Yeah, um, there's oh, a, there's the Howling. The howlings There's a whole series of them. I don't know how many are really good, but I mean, there are some good Howlings. And yeah. then I suppose you've gone to like the Underworld series, which is vampire and werewolf. That was good. I don't like Twilight. Um...
4: What's your favourite, Joe? Because uh, Paul's waffling. I sorry, I don't have a favourite. Definitely an American
2: been. Werewolf in London. An American Werewolf. We mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've Confident
4: a... answer, not mild-mannered like Paul. Well, straight
2: in there. Well, I mean, it, it comes well, with amazing practical okay, effects. about you then. Fanatic, you know?
4: Me, um Dog Soldiers.
2: Oh, that is a good one, yep.
4: Yeah, and I'm biased towards it. Yeah, no, I mean yeah absolutely there are so many but I'm biased towards it because it's filmed in the northeast, so it's local to myself Oh, uh, um, so I, I that's like plenty. it in that regard it's also it, it's as much a horror comedy as anything because it's a bunch of squaddies panicking in the woods being picked off and just basically being completely useless as men in suits attack them so it's got everything I like in it I've got 0730 coming up in 3 2 1 oh,
2: check bollocks I don't believe this what is it now with the spoon
1: let me watch it, the barracks, Sarge. take a breather every once in a while, son. you live longer.
4: Nice
5: work, Spoon, you tosse. Took the words right out of my mouth.
1: And you'll be taking my boot out your mouth in a minute, Joe, you body twop.
2: <laughs> All right, now now we have to drag <laughs> Tiffany into this. Tiffany, do you have know. a favorite werewolf movie?
3: Yeah, I am I would probably say The, the Howling. I remember what it, the original one. I don't think I saw any of the sequels, but it had a huge impact on me when I was a kid. It was, I found it to be very, very chilling and... Uh,
2: those werewolves yeah, were like, like full that. on in that one. I mean, yeah, they looked the part.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean at the the end when the one like the, the the news presenter, she looked kind of like a
2: cocker spaniel werewolf. Like, I'm not gonna lie, live
3: on television. <laughs> but Spanier. I don't know, just uh, it was. You know, I was I was probably only like maybe ten or twelve or something when I watched it, so I thought it was terrifying.
5: <laughs> That'll happen. Was Teen yeah. Wolf a, a film mm-hmm. or a TV series?
3: Oh, uh, was originally a film with Michael J. Fox and then the sequel had um, uh, Justin Bateman in it or Jason Jason Bateman sorry because
4: it yeah. almost sounded like Justin Bieber from- Teen
3: that's Wolf what I was too. thinking
5: no he was too young for that yeah
3: and, oh god he wasn't born but yeah and it was Jason Bateman did Teen Wolf 2 which was T-O-O so it was like supposed to be his cousin or something oh. I don't
2: remember
3: and I think they did make it into a really lame I think they made it into a very lame TV series that I never watched. but
5: Alex, what have Kaiju been up to?
4: Well, it was only recently that we recorded our last episode, so I am potentially exhausted in my Kaiju story. So I'm just <laughs> going to say, in this case, that the main horror or strange beast that I've been tackling has been the A1 traffic through Newcastle tonight bonfire, because mm. I spent 90 minutes in gridlock traffic. Um, with my daughter from childcare. The traffic's been absolutely horrific. So sadly, I I have to tap out and ask our guest the question. Tiffany, what have Kaiju been up to?
3: Well, just this past weekend, I was at Anime Weekend Atlanta, which is, uh, I think, the largest anime convention in the southeast part of the United States. It had... Something upwards of 33,000 attendees. Whoa! Uh, it was it was a really, uh, it was quite a lot of fun. The last time I was at Anime Weekend Atlanta, it was 18 years prior. So, needless to say, it had grown a quite a bit. <laughs> but I did uh, enjoy myself there very much. It was a really good time.
4: And in what capacity were you there to? Be?
3: Oh, I was a guest. I was mm-hmm. a guest. So, I do panels and autographs and ask questions. I mean, and, well, I guess I ask questions, mostly answer them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds great. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, it's your turn to ask Joe.
3: Oh, uh, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to lately?
2: Well, um, mm-hmm. I ordered a fantastic old film off of Amazon. Uh, it's called The Land mm-hmm. Unknown. And mm-hmm. it predates a lot of... Uh, I guess you could call it "man in a suit," dinosaur esque kind of films. but mm-hmm. it, it it does have a certain charm, and it's one of the ones that's really hard to find on a digital format or a uh, disc. So I saw it on Amazon for nine quid, which is nine pounds, and pulled the yes. I, I did. Li-
3: I did live in the UK for three years, so you can say quid. Holy me. cow, that's <laughs> awesome!
2: I'm learning all sorts yeah. of cool stuff. Right. It so, was
3: probably before you were born. I don't know how old you are, but I'm going to assume it was before you were
2: born. <laughs> oh, I'm the old man in the group. I am the old man in the group. Um,
3: what are you, like 30? What are you, like 32? <laughs>
2: oh, older than that. Yeehaw. Oh, okay. I win the lottery okay. now. Um, but oh, uh, no, it came with a poster, too, so I was pretty tough with that. Um, wow, nice. Yeah, nice old school art poster. So that's kind of what I was, uh, mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to watching it yet, but um Quite excited, Fab-y-doo. what part of the UK did you live in?
3: I lived in uh western Scotland, uh, just uh, west of Glasgow, or as they like to say, Glesby. Nice.
4: Gia, you did Glesgius. nail that,
2: you nailed that. That was pretty that's good. good. Yeah. that's not
4: even that far yes. from where I live. That's pretty cool. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah. So, I guess we should save all Fantastic. the international listeners We have, now. Mm. Mm-hmm. um, it is bonfire night tonight. And Yes, and
3: remember, remember.
2: Yeah, so this November, yeah, this night for American audiences, especially, has kind of been made famous by V for Vendetta, where um, you know Guy Guy Fox has kind of been publicized. But I guess what is what would you say is the best way to describe it? It's a United Kingdom equivalent to the Fourth of July. We set off fire. I, well,
3: we, yeah, we set off fireworks, fireworks yeah.
2: big bonfires. Everybody's having a great time. Yeah. You know, I In a nutshell, during the
4: Stuart reign, Parliament, that's you know, sort of the houses of our government, was going to be blown up by a gentleman called Guy Fawkes and his squad. Mm-hmm. And basically, the, uh, well, the police were effectively tipped off. Guy Fawkes was captured and he was hung, drawn and quartered and then put on a big pile of wood and set on fire. And we celebrate the day, setting off fireworks and having bonfires, and kids <laughs> eating yeah. lots build of straw,
2: Yeah, they build straw effigies, <laughs> Fuck, uh, make them on fire. you yeah. settling the first time you see it. Yeah, and
4: we—it doesn't. We celebrate a Catholic uh, man being tortured and killed. Woo!
0: Oh yeah. dear.
4: Let's move on. Well, that's
3: how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's really how you do it. I know. It. It's much like 4th uh, of July, except for the part where it's really, really bloody cold. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unlike the
4: 4th of July, which is too freaking hot. Tiffany, stop me mm-hmm. in my tracks if yes. I'm completely wrong. So as I understand okay. it, mm-hmm. you have been an anime voice actor since 1994. That is
3: perfectly correct.
4: 25 years, I'm counting. Oh, yeah. Yes. Which is exciting. And <laughs> most dubbing of anime to English is done in Texas. Have I got that right?
3: that That is actually true. there's a a fair bit done in um out in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, in the United States, most of it is done in the state of Texas, in the Dallas area, which is like North Texas, and then Southeast Texas, Houston, which is where I'm originally from. Okay. And mm-hmm.
4: your first role was guideable target.
3: Oh my gosh, it was. Yes, it was. It actually did very, very well in the u k.
4: Is that because people like hentai or is that just because it is? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think
3: so, yeah, hentai. I don't know, but it it, it did, I remember that the sales were very, very good. I,
4: I
0: love it when a posh bear talks dirty.
3: I was pleased about that, I guess, in my own weird way. Yeah, my first uh, paid acting job, it was hentai, but I do like to point out to people that my character wasn't really in those scenes, Mm -hmm. So it was sort of this space action adventure buddy comedy kind of a thing. And then apparently the people who were fronting the money for it said, hey, what about all the gratuitous sex scenes? And the director said, oh, well, there aren't any. And they said, put some in. So it's something like space adventure, space adventure. Oh, my God, what are those lesbians doing? Space adventure, space adventure. Oh, my gosh, there's more sex. So it's um, the plot's very incoherent. Like
4: (laughs) Caligula. They got
3: yeah, sort of like yes. they gave
4: you, they gave you the Caligula treatment because on the one hand they've got a historical story on the other uh-huh. hand there's loads of penthouse actors and yes. midget cyclopses uh, getting felicia yeah. kind of thing right? it's like yeah, children exactly. got...
2: children who listen to this podcast if you have any questions about what you're hearing <laughs> please ask <Okay>. your parents
4: <laughs> please do
2: and don't say where you heard it
4: uh-huh. <laughs> go Yeah, so Um. your first role was Guy Double Target. Yes, it was. um, Mm -hmm. That means that would have been 1994. You were effectively Mm -hmm. one of, if not the first, um, Japanese to English dubbing voice Mm -hmm. acts. Have I got that right?
3: Well, in the state of Texas, I was the first. I was the first in the state of Texas. I mean, there had been anime dubbing (coughs) that had been going on for a while, uh, like in New York originally. Yeah. Back into the sixties, um, before I was actually born. Um, so, but in New York and LA. But for like sort of the modern anime era, where people actually were watching anime because it was anime and not trying to sort of disguise it and change the people's names. Yeah, I was kind of at the the ground floor of that, which is kind of freaky now. And
4: um, what was that like um, at the um, time?
3: Yeah, uh, difficult to explain to uh, a lot of my friends and family who did not know what that was. Um, It was sort of a a whole new frontier. I remember getting hired for that job, and the company, um, AD Vision, they had released maybe about five shows that were subtitled. And so this was going to be their first foray into dubbing. And they gave me um, videotapes of the previous shows that they had released, just to kind of give me an idea of like this is what anime is. And uh, so it was. I was I was pretty excited because I was young and it was my first paid acting job, and um, I was just really thrilled to be doing something that seemed like that was really cool for a living. And then, well, not really for a living at the time, but just to get paid for it anyway. And then to be able to go into, a like, a real video store and they would have it on the shelf. And, like, I was in a movie that was a real movie, you know. So it was pretty exciting.
4: One of my first questions, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I've really tried to do my uh, background research. And I've looked kind of... I'm, I can tell. I, I'm doing my best here, so I've, <laughs> I've looked on YouTube a bit because I'm trying not to ask the questions that you'll have been asked hundreds of times. I'm conscious that you'll have been a guest at many events. Uh. So if I do yes. ask you a question that's unusual, please oh. let me know, because I'll feel like I've tried yeah.
3: Oh, I, I'll i probably be stumped, because yeah. um, I, I really, I absolutely do not mind answering questions that I've answered already hundreds of times, because okay. the chances are people listening to this have never heard me answer those questions before, which I very much am aware of. Thanks. So, yes, well, and if you, you ask that, me cool something, looking I'm, looking at yes, if you've never, if you ask me something that I haven't been asked before, I'll probably just be dumbfounded and gobsmacked and not know what to say.
4: So in the 25 years that you have been on consulting yes. family, mm-hmm. how would yeah. you say the industry has changed? Oh, my gosh. Um, that sounds like
2: one that you've asked for. You've asked the original one.
3: I I, 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 No, I've actually been asked that billions of times. Ooh, but God damn uh, it has... I'm sorry. But, I mean, it, the thing is, it's changed in practically every possible way. I mean, the technology that we use to record the way it's distributed when i was first doing this it was um video cassettes uh, some stuff was put out on LaserDisc, but not primarily um it was still uh, quite expensive at the time and you would very much expect to buy a videotape that had one 30 minute episode on it and that was pretty standard you know if you yeah, had i you remember know, those days uh, yeah, if you bought a tape that had two episodes on it, I mean, wow, golly, that was pretty exciting. Um so that, you know, and now people watch it on their phone. So it's it's so different. And and of course now everybody knows what anime is. They know that word. The first show that I did, Guy, when that was released, we recorded it in February of 94. It was released in August of 94. And I went into, um, there used to be a a chain of uh, shops here called Suncoast. And they were primarily in shopping malls. I don't think they were actually located anywhere else but shopping malls. And there was one shelf, and it really didn't even take up the entire shelf, maybe a couple of feet of one shelf. And just a few random titles on this shelf with the different videos on there. And uh, the sign on that shelf actually said Japanimation because anime had not really entered the common vernacular yet. So funny thing. I was in, um, I was in target today. Uh, it's like a, you know, department store type place. And I love that you have to I explain this...
2: target. <laughs> I know.
3: I know. Well, it just in case anybody doesn't know what it is, but I was, um uh, looking at clothes and I heard a girl, a little girl, probably like eight or nine years old, not too far away from me explaining to her probably grandmother. She goes, do you know what anime is? And and the grandma was like, no, which was crazy to me. But she goes, well, it's short for animation, which, I mean, technically it is. And then I heard her explaining something like that it was Chinese, and I thought, oh, well, that's adorable. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, for an 8-year-old, I guess that's, that's close enough. Yeah, yeah, well, good for <laughs> you, kid. Good for you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a thing where when I first started doing it and I would try to explain it to people, I would say, well, it's kind of like speed racer. Um, you know, and then say yeah, S- yeah. Sailor then. Moon, Sailor Moon finally, um, came him out after a couple of years, Sailor Moon. And, uh, then, uh, a little while later after that Pokemon. So it was kind of like, I could say, Oh, you know, it's sort of like Sailor Moon. It's like Pokemon. It's like Dragon Ball. I could relate it to things that people had heard of. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's now... It's a mean, thing, isn't it? Yeah, now it's a thing where people know what it is. Conventions, they're just everywhere, all over the place, all the time. Mm. Um, people, you know, it used to be you were very excited, at least in America, if there was a convention that you could drive to within four or five hours. Now people really get annoyed if they can't make it to one in about 10 or 15 minutes. Like, oh, yeah. what? It's it's a half an hour away? Oh, that's much too far, you know? Mm. they They people are spoiled for how many anime conventions there are
4: i think in which case we're a throwback to that because with us being relatively new <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and with us being mm-hmm. effectively the first kaiju convention for the uk we have people saying oh it's three hours away god damn it i'm not coming it's far too far away and yeah um, three but it, but hours. It's, yeah, it's new for us
3: i know well suck it up buttercup you can make it three hours
2: that was very Oscar right there.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry. The fact that it's you yeah. saying that, it's brilliant. Yeah.
3: I know. I mean, it's three hours. Oh, wow. Wah. wah. Crimea River. It's three I also hours.
2: like that you called out Suncoast. That's so awesome.
3: Uh, yeah. You remember Suncoast, right?
2: Yeah. Actually, in our first uh, podcast episode, we, we talked about how we met, you know, like kaiju and monsters and these films and stuff like that. And I I remember Suncoast vividly. I think it turned into Sam Goody and I think Sam Goody turned into FYE. Is that the way yeah, the I I
3: well I believe that Suncoast and Sam Goody were already actually partners. Yeah, of the they same were kinda company. like partnered
2: or something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah which um very similar to like a, a virgin. Virgin like a virgin uh record store, you know? Yeah. Very similar to, to that, except for it's smaller, but yeah. If I could relate it to something
2: Suncoast is so cool though. I love Suncoast. It,
3: it, it, I know it was. May it rest in peace.
4: Let's take our first break, guys, and then we'll return, and we've got some more questions. Hey, why play video games when you could watch people play video games? Why watch people play video games when you could listen to people talk about video games? Come rest your eyes and hands with the Gamer Heroes podcast. We'll cover the latest news and games, previews, reviews, and more coming your way every Wednesday morning. Come check us out as part of the Heroes podcast network at heroespodcasts.com, or find us on Spotify, iTunes, Spreaker, or, you know, other podcast places. Give us a listen to help you get through your busy day, or even just forget you left it playing in your headphones. We're cool with that, too.
0: If your friends haven't told you, McDonald's Spicy Chicken McNuggets are back. The ones made with spicy tempura and aged cayenne. But before you go telling friends, make sure you get them first. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage.
4: Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required
0: finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.
4: How do? Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. My name's Alex. We're joined by Paul and Joe, and none other than Tiffany Grant. Hello. Hello there. Um, I've got a question from one of our members. Mm-hmm. The question yes. is from Ed, and it's a fairly loaded question. But mm. um, I did ask you in the email—is there anything you don't want to talk about? And mm-hmm. uh, you said that you're okay. Uh, so, yeah, he says I'm, I'm going to read it word Let's for word. Do it. Okay. Ed says. What are Tiffany's thoughts on the Netflix Evangelion dub? I know she's very protective of the character of Oscar and has said yes. in the past that she would happily dub everything imported with her in it, from shows yes. and films to video games. Does,
3: mm-hmm.
4: does not being involved bother her? Now, before you answer that, I saw mm-hmm. that you put out a response, mm-hmm. kind of in official capacity on your Tiffany Gra- on your I... Tiffany Grant Facebook page. So yes. I, I have read that, but if you'd okay. like to kind of just start for our listeners who haven't seen that. Uh,
3: yeah, sure. Um, well, it was announced last year, uh, like late November, possibly early December, that Netflix was going to be streaming Evangelion. And I was excited for about two or three days until I found out that they were redoing it. Um Didn't know a lot of the details at the time. Um, Actually went, flew from I Live in Atlanta, which is on the eastern part of the United States. Flew to Los Angeles, of course, on the west coast of the United States. Incredibly humiliating. Auditioned for a role that I never auditioned for initially. Um, I'm honestly glad I was not a part of what they did because I think it's horrible. I think it's soulless and cold. I think it's like they sucked all the life out of it. Um, So I'm... I'm really glad that I was not a part of what they did because I think that they butchered it. So in that respect, I'm glad not to have done that. But I honestly, I I know this will sound very conceited, but I don't think they needed to redo it, honestly. I, I'm still happy with what we did. Um, I think we did a good job. We all really put our hearts and souls into it. Um, we love that show and I'm, I'm, I stand by it. I stand by my work and uh, all all of us, what we did on Evangelion originally. So, I, I mean, those are really my thoughts. It was... It was really, really difficult for me when this was all happening like last year, December, and then the early part of this year. Um, it, it, it was like a full-on identity crisis for me. It really was, because I thought, you know, I don't even know who I am if I'm not Asuka. <laughs> And it finally, I came to realize that it doesn't matter what they do, what horrible dub they make. I mean, I'm not knocking the actors, by the way, just to be clear. Um, they, they can't take it away from me or any of us, like all of us who enjoyed that, that version, the original English version of the show. It still exists. It's still there. It's not like they can take it away from our childhoods. Um, Not that I was a child when that occurred, but that's how a lot of people feel. (laughs) I mean, you know, I was so angry when that piece of crap episode one of Star Wars came out, and I said that George Lucas had somehow retroactively ruined my childhood. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) if that were possible, and I just, you know, because Hideaki Anno wants to George Lucas Evangelion, well, whatever, he can do it, but that doesn't mean we have to like it.
4: I've always taken umbrage with the idea that you retrospectively yeah, can ruin something, because mm. unless kind of yeah. unless a director or any publishing company will physically go back and then say, well, I'm going to destroy all existing copies of your dub. Right. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, they're just different entities. That's kind of how I see right. it.
3: Right. Oh. Yeah. I see it
4: as that Evangelion's been redubbed and retranslated. Right. And yeah. they're, they're just separate beasts because I remember yeah. uh, going on Netflix and it appeared out of nowhere. And like, I wasn't up to date with it. I didn't know that Evangeline was going to stream on Netflix. And I was like, oh, oh okay. shit, look, there it is. And I was like, oh, uh, I'll yeah. watch an episode. That, that sounds good. And I played it. And now at, at first I was like, oh, it sounds a bit different. And then this is where mm-hmm. I'm not that type of fan. I'm not the one who says, you know, oh, it's a little bit different, and I noticed, and that means I'm the best fan in the world. It's like, oh, it sounds a bit different, that's a bit peculiar. Yeah. And I listened a bit Mm -hmm. more, and I was like, oh, hmm. And after watching an episode and a half, I actually found myself not really getting into it. And I was like, oh, this is a bit peculiar. Is that because maybe I've grown up a bit, and like just, uh, I don't know, retro goggles are a thing. You can sometimes look back on a game or a series and Uh think it was great at the time, and then you play it again Mm -hmm. and go, oh, no, I think I remembered it as better, and then mm-hmm. actually, I remember when I was eighteen. It was about two thousand seven. Uh, so I I am about thirty two to for me,
0: and um, yes. I
4: got the platinum uh, collection on mm-hmm. uh, DVD, and yeah. it was, in my opinion, it was the perfect version of Evangelion, and I oh. played it again and again, and. I'm happy with the version I've got. There was a point when I was thinking about, oh, I'll I'll see if I can sell it to make a little bit of money. And it was going on Amazon for quite a large amount of money. And I think that was just because certain versions have been deemed Mm -hmm. so valuable because of the new dubbing, which is peculiar. Oh,
3: yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: And I think people do collect that. That perfect version. So I, I'm happy with the dub that you did. Um,
3: oh well, thank you. I'm pleased to hear that. And you know, you're right though that it, it is going for very large sums of money. For a long time, you know, I would see people they would come up occasionally at a convention, and they would have the they would have the series on VHS tapes, yes. and they would say, "Oh yeah, I bought the whole thing on uh, at a garage sale for twenty dollars." You know, but now if you go on eBay people are selling that VHS collection for a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, because it. people because people are going, oh, my gosh, yeah, uh, no, I don't want to watch this. I want the original one. If it's, you know, DVD or VHS or whatever, they're just trying to get the, the old dub.
2: I think whenever, whenever you change the voice acting in a cartoon or mm-hmm. whatever it is, I mean, it, let, let's just throw out two examples here. So mm-hmm. – for most of our audience, uh, a lot of them will remember the 90s animated Batman series. And Kevin mm-hmm. Conroy was Batman. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he is that Batman. <laughs> he ha- yeah, he has been yeah. The voice I mean, of-
3: people love him. Yeah, it, yeah, he has
2: become iconic in that. And the wonderful yes. thing about voice acting, especially when it's for a cartoon, it is the most organic thing, the most organic component of that performance or of that show because it is the actual thing that is a person. There are animation mm-hmm. cells, there are expressions, but these are all created. They are not, I wouldn't call them parodies, but they're caricatures of real life. Whereas the voice mm-hmm. is real. So right. when you grasp onto that character, the most tangible thing that you can connect with is that voice. So yeah. if we were to take Batman from the nineties and we were to change that with mm-hmm. whatever voice actor, however good they are, mm-hmm. anybody who grew up with that, or anybody who's used mm-hmm. to Kevin Conroy, or you know whoever mm-hmm. is used, I mean whoever enjoyed that voice actor's performance, they're going to look at it, and there's going to be something off about it. They aren't necessarily going to like dislike, right? But they aren't going to necessarily mm-hmm. appreciate it in the same way that they saw it the first time. So that I think it cracks right. a little bit from their overall enjoyment. So. Yeah. Other example. So if you want to look at it from a live action perspective, Jim Henson. If we took mm. Jim Henson mm-hmm. out of the Muppets characters that he played, yeah. they do a great job, you know, with Kermit and everybody nowadays. However, there is something magical about when Jim Henson yes. was doing it. You can't necessarily mm-hmm. replace So
3: you're absolutely right on that. I mean, yeah, some of the characters, like they sound like, yeah, like Jim Henson, but it's, but it's not him. It's just not him. Yeah. And it's,
2: it's still one of those appreciation things. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the actor, like as, as an, as an adult, you know, like who knows about the Muppets or what have you, that's familiar Mm -hmm. with those characters. The fact that it isn't actually Jim Henson, um, this is, you know, it, it's just one of those things that detracts from your overall enjoyment because, you know, oh, mm-hmm. it's not him. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So you can have that yeah. for the live-action performances as well, or, you know, like with the characters.
4: Sure. I think people apply a sense of ownership to characters and to universes. Of right? course. And there'll be yeah. a certain amount of just that sure. Oscar is your you know, your your beautiful yeah. child in the same way yes. that uh, and I think mm-hmm. I've directly quoted you there from one interview mm-hmm. um yeah. in the same way many fans will be like no that that's not my oscar that that's not my ray that that doesn't sound like mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like mm-hmm. them and people yeah. will feel injured because they'll feel that sense of that that's not the character that i love like when you get a film adaptation of a book and you yeah. do get people saying that mm-hmm. that's not how i imagine mm-hmm.
3: them you know, oh, that, that's yeah. not it no sure. i'm not happy with yeah it. Um, that's true I mean, I felt like no matter what they did with the redub of it, that there would be people who didn't like it just because it was different. Um, but, it, you know, which is why I was really apprehensive. Like, I thought if I worked on a, the new dub, and let's say that it had been good, it wasn't. But let's just say that it had been. Yeah. Um, it would still be different. Like, I would be saying different things. And uh, that's something about a show that it isn't like a classic that is iconic that people have those, they think they've watched it so many times and they quote the show and they yeah. have all their favorite quotes and sayings and things like that. And then it's different. It's like, it's not even just a different voice. It's a different script. It's like all of it is different. They change some of the music. Of course, the ending song fly me to the moon isn't there. And so, I mean, just there's so many, many things that are different about it. And I, of course, I knew at some point in the future there would be an iteration of Evangelion where there would be somebody else playing Oscar, obviously, hmm. when I'm 90 years old. You know, I knew that would happen, but it never, ever occurred to me that they would redo the version that we did. I mean, I, I, that was that's what blew me away, is that they were actually going to redo, like, what we actually did, redo that. Yes. And that, that was mind-boggling to me. We can't forget the best. You can't forget love and
4: pride. Because of that, it's killing me inside. They have, they have done it. They have not replaced it, in in my opinion.
3: Right. And I think,
4: you know, you saying about um, the visuals and the the voice acting and the, Mm -hmm. the music. I'm trying to think of comparable anime for myself. I have often kind of put it in the Dragon same
2: Ball way. Z Kai was the thing that did it for me. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically so yeah, sure. so Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. um if you're mm-hmm. of a certain age and usually a guy that is like your go-to like action anime, like lots of people mm-hmm. love that. And right. Dragon Ball Z Kai was basically like this re-edited, you know, like we're going to take out a lot of The goofball stuff that Toriyama threw in there and, you know, we're going to kind of like Mm -hmm. make it more action orientated. We're going to, you know, like streamline the plot a little bit, a little less world building, Mm -hmm. a little more like plot, you know, just like Mm -hmm. a lot less side story. And incidentally, some of the voice actors are going to change and we're going to change the music we're probably used to hmm And I watched some of Dragon Ball Z Kai having, you know, like I, I was like, oh well, they've kind of like, you know, they've spruced it up a bit. Let's see what this looks like. And, you know, I watched about ten minutes of it and I am like, no, 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 I can't do this. No, no. hmm And it isn't necessarily that those guys did a bad job or that it was even a bad idea. I mean, kind of flip this on its head, because we're spending a lot of time on this question, but I think this is said, the amount of pressure that the actors and actresses probably yes. felt Going mm, in, like, mm-hmm. stepping into your shoes after, sure. like, that's such a cultural phenomenon in Evangelion. So, step into yeah. your shoes. Oh, my gosh. Like, whatever they did, like, you got to pat them on the back and say, well done. For the uh,
3: oh, uh, well, that's what I thought, is that um, I don't know how it would feel to be them and to not just, like, do a new version because that would be one thing, but to actually go in and redo something that already so many people loved. And what, I, what I've said to people is, when they were coming up to this, uh, you know, the show actually going live, and they would were doing these epic commercials, like... <laughs> most legendary the most epic the most estes estes something most superlative whatever anime of all time everyone thinks it's the greatest well screw all you people we went and changed all of it that i mean that's what it felt like to me it's like Mm. they're building up like how it's so fantastic and how it's so great oh and you know all that stuff you liked well we changed everything so enjoy but I, I also realize there's going to be a lot of people watching it on Netflix who've never never watched it before at all. So
2: I mean that that's an opportunity. I mean, yeah, man. that's what I was thinking. And, yeah, but... and, and, and and they'll discover they'll you for the yeah. first time. They'll discover, they'll discover your yeah. version.
3: Oh, well, I may mean people watching it on Netflix who have never seen it before. But there was a guy at a convention I did last month and his t-shirt said, "I was in a I was an Evangelion fan before Netflix." So I, oh. I liked that a lot. So somebody actually online is selling shirts that say that.
4: Wow. Mm-hmm. Hipster Evangelion mm-hmm. fans. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
2: So okay, I think we've done. I think we've done Ed's question we, to death. We probably yeah, need to move on. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Um,
4: really I mean, well. what, what I was gonna say actually was that um, I hope this doesn't sound um, like slightly off, to me, but part of Mm -hmm. the charm for me about Evangelion is that Mm -hmm. as a series, and especially the end of Evangelion for me, Mm -hmm. it is like quite a chaotic story. And Mm -hmm. what I love about Evangelion is that at times it does feel messy. There's so much going on. And I feel like it's not always coherent, or it certainly isn't to me. And I've watched it four or five times now from start to finish. But I love that. And I love that, there are elements that feel unpolished, and sometimes when right. people go back and they seek to, in a very improve mm-hmm. something, you know, to sort of further polish it, mm-hmm. you can almost right. sterilize the product. And the first time right. I watched the end of Evangelion, I kind of sat back and went, "What the? Shoot what was you- that?" And,
3: and that's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, and
4: and I, and then I listened to the commentary, and um it's you know, I I, I barely laugh listening to your commentary because. There was, a, there was a sense from the voice actors of, "Yeah, this is a pretty chaotic and messy story, but it's loved." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, um, Paul, are you there, Paul? I am here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just okay. gonna pass you your piping slippers while you're modding off in the chair.
2: <laughs> Paul, um, <laughs> Paul is our. Paul is great. He he. Paul is
4: the youngest person in the group.
2: He comes in with his wisdom and his <laughs> great remarks. <laughs> he really does. Mm-hmm.
4: And um, mm-hmm. Paul is like one of the. the well, he's, he's the elder of the Greek at heart. And when Paul speaks mm-hmm. to with purpose, Paul, now's your chance. Ask Tiffany Grant more questions.
5: Oh, yeah, and I, and I hope it, uh, this might throw you because it might not be one you've asked before. Ah. Oh. But here. Yeah, him. so, um, yeah. Hopefully, you're sitting down.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm.
5: Can I just ask, uh, what's your okay. thoughts on the Tremors franchise? Oh,
3: well, <laughs> uh, I, I know that uh, my ex-husband has all of the films. Uh, I think I saw the first one. Um, I guess pro? Pro Tremors? I don't know. Is that a position?
5: Pro Tremors? Um, it can be, yeah.
3: Pro Tremors. Pro versus con? I, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Was it, wasn't michael gross wasn't he the star of that or one of the stars yeah of i mean that?
5: Kev- kevin bacon's the like the big star from the first film but michael gross has been in oh, okay. every in, in all six films
3: yeah yeah six of them oh my six, god six, there's, the, there's also a tv series
4: no no, 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 no there's <laughs> you're not that pro-trenors uh, no, 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 no. tiffany grant uh, <laughs> uh, sit down
3: oh, no. oh i'm a pretender yeah no i did know that there was a tv series yeah see i remember michael gross he was the dad on this um show in the 80s called family family
4: ties yes
3: Yes. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I'm Michael Gross is one of the people that I've got like a picture in my living room of, you know, sort of celebrities that have been stalking. And you know I, I, I struck <laughs> okay. I struck your name off the list, Tiffany Grant. So, you know, what once I'm done with this interview I can move on to Michael Gross. Okay. I'm actually, okay. Him, but... actually
2: there we go. We're gonna segue into that. So Tiffany, so yes. you go to lots of conventions, fan expos I do. and I'm sure that you meet fans that are absolutely lovely. I'm sure there are fans that them, can be yes. a bit cringe. So we're not going to call yes. anybody out and ask you, like, mm-hmm. really like awkward moments that you've probably had. Oh. But, but say if someone is a super uh-huh. fan and sure. they are going to be screaming internally with excitement when they meet you, what would be the best way to come across uh-huh. as a really lovely fan? What are the things that you would recommend?
3: Oh, things that I would recommend? Well, I mean you know, just come up and, and say hi and just talk to us like normal people because we aren't just normal people. Well, but I'm yeah. the biggest fan
4: in the world, Tiffany, and I need you to validate me. So tell me how I can do yeah. this right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, like,
3: mo- monitor- monetary gifts are always welcome. No, no,
4: give us, give us three top tips for being uh, a wholesome, decent fan attending a convention of, of any kind of genre.
3: Okay, well, let me just give you a quick not to do. Um, I used to – I don't really do this anymore, but years ago I used to um, show up in cosplay at conventions quite a bit. I would wear – one of the things I wore very often was my uh, the Oscar plug suit, which is quite a form-fitting costume. Yes. And I was at a convention in Florida uh, several years ago, and um, a guy said, Hey, Tiffany, how are you doing? So one thing that I have to do is pretend like – like, this guy is talking to me like like he knows me, and so I have to pretend that I know him or something like that, because maybe I've met him before. I don't know. And uh, he says, how are you doing? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing really well. And he goes, are you pregnant? And I said, no, I'm not, but thank you for asking. Um, that was sarcasm, by the way. And then he, sa- he goes on to say, oh, dear. oh really, because... The first time I met you, you were even thinner than my wife, but now you look like you're pregnant. So I would say there's no good time to ever ask a woman if she was pregnant. And I wasn't really like morbidly obese or anything, but, uh, didn't wear the costume for quite a long time after that. So there's a good tip is don't ever ask a woman if she's pregnant. Maybe if you can see the head crowning, that might be an all right time, (laughs) uh, but other than that, no, um yeah so top tips for what to do I mean, I don't know just smile and and be pleasant and it's fine to uh you know relate relate a story of something that you like or ask a question you know not like personal questions like are you pregnant or
4: i mean you know, that's that's not even that. like convention advice that's basically just.
3: That Common sense. For, yes, for anywhere. Yes, like the PTA meeting or just anything. I stopped yeah. asking
2: men when they were pregnant. You know, like if they are pregnant, yeah. that usually doesn't go over yeah. well either.
3: No, probably not. Mm.
2: I got one guy. You know, he said he patted his some. I said, "Yes, it's a burrito." Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is the uh, the food baby. That's true. Chipotle, um, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh Chipotle, oh, I do love some Chipotle. Um, How have you
4: found the UK community to be when you've attended conventions in the UK?
3: Oh, very very nice actually. yeah i I don't really see that much difference to be honest with you when I've done uh, conventions um England, um, Ireland. Uh, both Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland I've done uh, you know conventions um, all over Australia Mm -hmm. done one in New Zealand Canada the U.S. um, lots of them all over the place and I mean really fans are just mostly lovely people they're passionate about um, shows things that they like Um, you know so it's it's mostly a very very good experience and it's it's nice going to conventions to get feedback because, of course, when we're doing this kind of work, dubbing, whether it's dubbing anime or dubbing uh, like a live-action film, which I have done before as well, just a few of them, but uh, yeah, we're just in the studio by ourselves. It's just the actor and the director and the sound engineer, so you're not getting any feedback from the audience, so it's nice to be able to go to a convention where you can actually speak to fans in person.
2: So Tiffany earlier Mm -hmm. prior to prior to the episode, Mm -hmm. I'd never make it as a voice actor. All right. So prior Mm -hmm. to the episode, um, Mm -hmm. you threw down, you know, the gauntlet and said that you had the best Kaiju story. So, uh,
3: I do calling you out. (laughs) I have met speaking of New Zealand. I have met, um, essentially met in person the original kaiju uh back in 2005 um i was with my uh, husband at the time matt greenfield and we were going to do a convention it was in auckland but we um before we went up to auckland we were able to go and uh, get a tour at the weta workshop and while we were there, Peter Jackson was finishing up a production on his version of King Kong. And as, as, as extras for the DVDs, um, they had um, some really cool uh, features on there discussing the original King Kong film from RKO in 1933. And... Um, if any of the listeners here are, and you absolutely should be, or else you're a terrible, no-good fan, uh, familiar with Bob Burns and his epic collection of movie memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, they had sh- they had shipped...
0: When we made our new McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets, you were praise hands emoji. Then we ran out, and you were streaming tears emoji. Now they're back, so you can be grinning face with sweat emoji. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For a limited time at participating McDonald's.
3: Over there... The last remaining King Kong armature. And I have personally held and manipulated that King Kong armature. That's
2: pretty cool. From,
3: yes, I have held it in my own little tiny hands. And uh, Richard Taylor was there. I should say Academy Award winner Richard Taylor. One of, he's the founder of the Weta Workshop. And um, he said, oh, just look inside the mouth there. You can still see a bit of the pink paint. So you could. If you opened his mouth, King Kong's mouth, which I did, you could see his tongue, which still had a little bit of the pink paint on it. But other than that, um, the armature, which is metal, is completely bare. It was covered in, I can't remember, dog fur or monkey fur. Um, I want to say it was dog fur. That's pretty creepy. But anyway... (laughs) Um, Not okay, really. Golden so
2: retrievers I, shed. I mean, like it's pretty easy to collect uh, it depending upon the breed.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look 1933. Who knows how or where they got it? I don't want to know that. But yeah, so there's my kick-ass kaiju story. Is I have actually held in my hands King Kong. That's the pretty that is
2: epic. Well. That that's, yeah, that's that's cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
3: Booyah.
2: To be fair, to be is. fair, that's the most epic mm-hmm. kaiju story that we've had shared so far. I mean we we have interviewed yes. Ghidorah. That was pretty cool, but Kinkel. Car- the right oh, head
4: wow. of King Ghidorah. Yeah? Oh wow. You know, wow. I still have two photographs in my living room at striking. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh,
2: Lord. <laughs> that sounded cringe, Alex. By the hell we can tell. <laughs>
3: I know, like for, for many, many years, I know that my, my ex-husband had that as his profile picture on his Facebook page is him holding the King Kong because I would really challenge you to find anybody who is a bigger kaiju fan than Matt Greenfield because, mm. oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he, his company, uh, various companies that he's owned have actually released um, some of the kaiju films, Destroy All Monsters, Gamera, um, yeah, some he, of the Godzilla films. Yeah,
2: you know? AD Films did release the 90s Gamera trilogy, didn't it?
3: Yeah. yes yes which i worked on so oh, really well, bringing it back to the whole kaiju i was gonna thing. say
4: hold that thought. Uh, now mm-hmm. is a super time to take our second break
1: hello everyone this is ray from the heroes podcast network currently you've probably heard me on a show called screen heroes where we discuss movies and uh, tv shows about superhero sci-fi and a little bit of fantasy Well, I love fantasy so much. I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and The Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news, who knows. You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays, coming in September.
4: Hey up, it's Kaiju Curry House. My name's Alex. We're joined by Tiffany, Paul, and Joe. We are on the final part of this episode. We're going to be keeping it Kaiju. Tiffany. Yes. The angels in Evangelion. Which mm. is your favorite one? Go. Oh, I don't.
3: I don't have a favorite one because um, I'm going to revert to something that uh, you guys said to me earlier about like being fans, but you don't know all of the things. I don't know all of the things, mm. so I don't know the the one that had the big teeth.
2: It was her job to kill him, not to look at him. Come on, now, Alex.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like have all the names memorized and know all of their details and what episodes. Well, clearly you don't know Evangelion. Are.
2: Then you're a terrible fan.
3: I know, I know. I'm a terrible fan. I really am. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was much more concerned with Oscar than with whatever the angels were doing, but I never thought about them as being kaiju. But you know, sure. I
4: mean, why not? They're not. Yeah. They're not men in suits because obviously it's animated. No. But they. They are most definitely yeah. strange beasts, yeah. aren't
3: they? Yeah, absolutely. They, they are. Sure. They are
4: deeply peculiar. Um, can I have a self-indulgent question out here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, I've never quite understood some of the phrases that Oscar uses in German when she's swearing.
0: Oh, oh and, yes.
4: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're great, they're, they're grateful. Mm-hmm. And there's been a couple of times mm-hmm. when I've searched through commentaries trying to work out what the heck is being said. And then mm-hmm. I've even gone on forums and typed and i been like, what is Oscar saying when she does X, Y, Z? So that this is a very yes. tedious question. Sorry people who are listening. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Let me have
4: a moment. So in the end of Evangelion, okay. you're braying the living hell out oh, of yeah. the out of mass-produced uh, yes. angels that arrive. Mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm, one point mm-hmm. when you shout back in German, what are you saying? And what is the phrase? Okay.
3: Okay. Now, please remember that I recorded that about 18 or 19 years ago. Mm. But as I recall, I... I at, there were a couple of points in the script. Amanda Wynne Lee, also known as Rei Anami, she was directing in of Evangelion. And there were a couple of places in the script where she wrote, Tiffany swears in German. So that was up <laughs> to me to come up with something. You yes, just it ad-libbed it.
2: That's fantastic.
3: So, well, but it, I mean, but it also has to, like, fit in the mouth flaps and all of that stuff, yeah. too. So you can't just sort of come up with it, whatever you like. But I do remember saying, Aschloch, which is just really asshole... Um, but I don't. Remember it wasn't what that. Else it, I was it, it
4: there was more. Oh, okay. There was more.
3: <laughs> yeah. I well. Because in the commentary, so there's a point when you I'd... say
4: it's the worst possible
2: thing I could have said.
3: Oh. oh Jesus. Oh, I don't know. This episode's
2: oh, getting really edgy for your uh, class, here, yeah. Alex. Goodness no, my class are going to love dude. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know. I don't know. Fifteen like, D.
2: Thank you for bowing out know... of that gracefully, Tiffany. No, that. that, that... <laughs>
3: I mean, I that the one thing that I could remember is at one point saying that, but wow, maybe like the worst thing I could think of right now is like something that I learned to say when I was actually about sixteen and I was in high school taking German was uh, and I and I definitely I think I would have said this as Oscar, but um, fick deine Oma," which should you your dead grandmother,
4: but oh my goodness, I don't think, Poor I don't think that's probably
3: um, I don't think that's what I. <laughs> This is the best day ever. I'm, kind of I'm so happy. I, oh, dear. I
4: kind of
3: think that's not what I said. I'm, I'm doubting
4: myself now. Yeah, I'm really do. sorry. Uh, I, don't
3: know. Yeah. Um, okay, so... I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to pull it up. If I was watching it, if I was, well, more accurately listening to it, I could mm. tell you what it was. But I, at this point, I do not know.
2: Poor not know grandma.
4: That. So, <laughs> poor grandma. No. So, my, my favorite kaiju is mm-hmm. in episode 16. And yeah, I am being slightly mm. weird as a fan here, but I'm, I'm only having a couple of moments. It's the yes. big dark spherical kaiju. That's effectively just a, sh- yes. a shadow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I use the term kaiju quite loosely at times, and Paul often calls mm-hmm. me out as the old man in the chair. So like, that's not a kaiju. <laughs> but um, it's a strange beast.
2: Sounds like
4: that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what, what Paul like. <laughs> living near Cambridge sounds like. It's exactly wow. his voice. Wow, I-,
3: I couldn't even tell the difference. It's, yeah, there we
4: go. No, but um, for me, it's the, I think the angel's called Lilil, and it's the the black sort of sphere. And I love the idea that Shinji actually gets kind of absorbed into it and sinks into the, Mm the shadow. That was always a great moment for me.
2: Father, don't you want me?
4: Joe, what kaiju did you yeah. enjoy in Evangelion?
2: I like the Avas. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I like that.
2: Uh, I mean, like to be fair, Tiffany, yours was probably the best. I like the color scheme for it. That, and it had yeah. a wonderful moment where it, where uh, I think it was like one of the reborn ones where he went back, but it has like a moment where the like I think they're like cooling rods or whatever that erupt out of the back, and like it goes into mm-hmm. beast mode. <laughs> And I was like,
3: to Beast Mode, that was awesome. Yeah, I was like,
2: what? What is this? <laughs> I, I like mm-hmm. that. That was pretty cool. Timji's does some cool mm-hmm. stuff. Praise you know, Yeah, Beast you
3: Mode. I did like Beast Mode.
4: Yeah. Tiffany, tell like us about them. your time yeah. working on Gamera because there's a few people who listen to our show yeah. who aren't Evangelion. Fans, okay. And I promised it wouldn't be an Evangelion sure, uh, episode, which I've lied about. Yes.
3: Yes, oh, you fly, you a terrible person. Uh, yeah, so the first camera uh, film that we did, we actually dubbed that back in 1996. And so that was, when we were working on that, I believe we did start doing that either right around the time we started Ava or maybe even right before. Um, uh, it, it was... Uh, a little bit nerve-wracking to when we were first working on it because we were actually doing the voices for real human beings. And people may not be aware of this, but for the most part, TV anime is... It's not animated with phonetic mouth placements. So these are not mouths that are meant to match any human phonetic anything. They're just like little cartoon lips that are opening and closing. But doing a dub with real people where they had like real actual mouths. It seemed very daunting and very challenging at the time, but it was, it was a great story. And I can, I can tell you there was a book, one of these sort of, um, Oh, maybe like a, not even really like a coffee table book, but you know, um, <laughs> it, it, sort of like a joke book, I guess, where it was uh, something like the 743 stupidest things ever said in film, something like that. And it just had lots of crazy movie quotes in there. And so I think I got it for Christmas one year and I was reading it and there actually was a quote in there that I said. And it was from that first Gamera Guardian of the Universe film. And it was an exchange between myself and... And um the male lead was voiced by um, Aaron Crone. He was he was Kaji and Evangelion. And um we're it's a very serious, dramatic scene, and they're looking out the window and it's a quiet moment, and he says, Someday I'd like to take you out in a monster free city. And there was just a pause, and I said, I'd like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's- it's so it's so ridiculous, but that quote, that little exchange was in there. And then, if I may brag, there, what, there's a, a sort of series of books called Uncle John's Bathroom Readers, which are exactly what they sound like. Something to read in the loo. And they have all just different, like, clips and excerpts and things from different books. And so that quote was not just in this 500 stupidest things ever said in a movie or whatever it was they excerpted a small number of quotes from that book and put it into an Uncle John's bathroom reader, and our quote was in there too. So it was like the (laughs) worst of the worst. I was very, very proud of that.
2: There you go. (laughs) So you're quite versatile in the kaiju fandom. Not only have you held King Kong, but you were uh, the female lead in the Gamera Guardian of the Universe film, which is arguably one of the best that's ever been put out. I will say, though, mm-hmm. on the DVD and mm-hmm. Blu-ray extras of that film, I've noticed that mm-hmm. some of the dubbing, you guys had some good tracks there because there is some goofball dubs that have snuck their way onto the special features of the uh, disc that I have. And I have to say, yes. those ad-libs are pretty great.
3: <laughs> yeah. The, the second film, I, 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 my character, Dr. Nagamine, was in the first and the third film. She was not in the second film but the second film does have the legendary Lake Texarkana dub, which is freaking hilarious. So I, I can highly recommend that.
2: Very good. It's always fun when folks do something like that. Like there's like an Easter egg or like a fun thing or a fun track mm-hmm. or, you know, like the cast goofing around. Mm-hmm. It just it just adds mm-hmm. a sense of fun to it. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah it was I, – I mean – once we kind of got loosened up into it, it, it was it was really fun to work on it and it was exciting when that finally came out. But I've I've really I've still only ever worked on a, a very small number of live action dubbing live action films. So
4: Because your reputation has you. been specifically around, around I,
3: Am- no, I, no, I mean it has nothing to do with that. I mean, it just has to do with the availability of what was actually being done. Um, I mean, so, yeah, where, where I was situated in Houston, um, there were just not very many uh, live-action films that were being dubbed. So, so, purely
4: from, like, a geographical remit, you were doing the work that was available yeah. to you.
3: Yeah, no, that is correct. No, that's
4: fair. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. What is your favorite strange beast? Whether that's mm. something that you've worked on in a show or film associated with it, or just something that you've watched and you think, you know what, that is a cool monster what what would
3: you what would you like the most um oh my goodness my golly my goodness um i don't you know i really did like that that the new the peter i would say it's not new now but the peter jackson uh king kong film i did like that really uh quite a lot um probably it was a lot of what andy circus brought to the performance where king kong really seemed to have a soul you know yeah um i really i did like that quite a bit um actually one of my favorite lines from that gamma guardian of the universe film was um my, my character was an ornithologist, and they consulted her because there were some kind of flying creatures, and they didn't really know what they were, mm. and uh, they were calling them birds. That bothers me because they
2: are not birds.
3: <laughs> no, right? Well, which which that she was making that point. I know she, she said,
2: did. Yeah, real said, science. Birds
3: don't <laughs> eat people.
2: Well, birds they can't. Don't eat
3: people. Vultures <laughs> yes. do.
2: Unless Hitch- hitchcock well, ravens I mean, do <laughs> crows do if, if,
3: if they're dead already, yeah.
2: But, but yeah, yeah, they're they're not birds with big leathery bat-like wings. But anyways, no, yeah, no, sorry, no. I,
3: she made she she made that clear to them that they were not birds, but
2: because in an earlier episode, um,
4: which I know that you'll have heard, Tiffany, because you're obsessed with listening mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm, House?
3: Oh, um, oh yes um, every night before i go to bed mm-hmm.
4: um joe refers to the peter jackson king kong as being very very green remember that was your word joe everything was lush green
2: it was they spend a lot of time on skull island i think that whenever we do well with the exception of the new one kong Skull Island, where they spend the entire time there um all of the previous kong remakes or you know attempts they don't necessarily spend a lot of time in that jungle there's the original which is black and white there's the 1976 one which Mm -hmm. not a lot of time is spent on that island and then Mm -hmm. you have kong reborn which we won't talk about and then we're not kong reborn kong lives whatever it was but um Mm -hmm. then you have peter jackson's king kong and it's just so lush and green it is a jungle and Mm -hmm. that's just such a stark contrast from black and white or you know, Black and Concrete, which was the 1976 version. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. it is it is a fantastic film. I do like that King Kong. I'm the resident King mm-hmm. Kong fan here. But... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it is... You can really tell with that film that it is one of Peter Jackson's favorite films. And that was a work of passion, and it was his favorite project to date because mm-hmm. that was the film yeah. that got him into filmmaking. And he left right. nothing out. You know, like, he just... If he could mm-hmm. put something in, he put it in because he didn't want to walk right. away and know that he could have done more. And right. the runtime shows that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when we were there, we got to see a preview of it uh, before it was released. I think we saw like the first 15 or 20 minutes of it or something like that. That was pretty exciting.
2: It was great. Not
3: at Weta. I mean, we saw it in a movie theater, in a proper theater. Yeah.
4: Tiffany, it is time to round off this Mm -hmm. episode. You've been an absolute gem. What we normally do is we say, if Mm -hmm. nothing else, and it's our chance to be a bit selfish and to put forward a little nugget for our audiences individually something that we've enjoyed, Mm -hmm. be it a book, be it a TV show, or be it a bit of self promotion. But starting off with Paul, who's just now waking up from his nap there. (laughs) Hi, Paul. Uh If nothing else,
5: if nothing else, as we've been focusing heavily on anime in today's episode, mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. recommend that our listeners check out *The Giver*, as that's my that was my gateway into anime. Uh, I would recommend the nineties version over the naughties one, but you know, take your pick.
0: At the dawn of creation, the gods arrived on earth. Now we shall know their awful legacy and how it affects mankind.
5: Um, how about you, Alex, if nothing else?
4: Dig out Evangelion Death and Rebirth, which was, as I understand it, a recap film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With the first third of the end of Evangelion, which is uh, mm-hmm. so at the end of death, so death is the recap mm-hmm. and rebirth is the first third of the end of Evangelion. Mm-hmm. I think, as a viewing experience, there's just quite an unsettling feel to it, and it really sets the tone nicely for the end of Evangelion. My my single favourite mm-hmm. moment is when Shinji, the main protagonist, is sat on the subway. And throughout the TV show, he's regularly got his walk in. Uh, that's before an MP3 player. Even before yeah, it was I actually, was...
3: It was a, what was it? It was actually a dat. It was a dat.
4: Ooh, a, dat a dat
3: player. A dat mm-hmm. player.
4: Mm-hmm. And there's a wonderful moment when, at the start of the, Earth, the start of the Evangelion, goes to play that, uh, plays music, and it just shows the batteries have died, and there's just this really chilling feel to it, just kind of that something's very wrong, and it sets the tone nicely, so check out Evangelion, Death and Human. Joe, if nothing else.
2: Right, so I'm going to throw out the 90s Gamora trilogy, but uh I'm going to focus on the first one, Gamora: Guardian of the Universe, and it has a lot going for it. The, uh, the art style, the direction, the uh, special effects, they're all way ahead of their time for the early 90s. And of course, Tiffany, you are the lead in that picture, or at least mm-hmm. you uh, mm-hmm. do the voice uh, dub for the lead. I am right. going to butcher her, the, the uh, not the actress's name, character's name. Mayumi mm-hmm. Nagami?
3: Nagamine. Nagamine,
2: yeah. sorry. But um, yeah. no, you know, fantastic uh, character, educated. Brave, direct. She gets business done. It is a fantastic thing to see because she is not the accomplished trope of a you know, like family person, like trying to wrangle people together. She is not a reporter, she is not a photographer, she is not a screaming damsel. She is down to business, and I think it must have been a joy to do that. And if and it is a great film in its own right, but it also breaks a lot of the traditions in the kaiju genre.
3: Mm-hmm. What a cool! Yeah, recommendation and I, so I should give, and I should give a shout out here to Shinobu N- Nakayama, uh, and Nakayama-san was uh, actually the real human person. Yes, was. <laughs> who yep. was. Playing the role of Doctor Nakamine,
2: he does a great okay. job as well. Obviously. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that was daunting.
4: Um, Tiffany, as the last yes. message to our listeners, okay, what can you recommend if nothing else? Oh.
3: Well, if nothing else, oh, my goodness, I've, I've got it down to two, but I'm just going to go ahead and, and uh, I would like to put the word out. It was a show that I worked on about three years ago as a script writer, and I'm not actually in it, but um, it's called Parasite the Maxim. It's an anime, and it's based on a manga series that's about 30 years old. And speaking of Jim Henson, the Henson Company had bought the rights to it decades ago which tied that up from ever being uh, developed into anything else, and uh, finally those rights expired, and they made it into an anime, and I think maybe the best anime of all time. I, I absolutely love *Parasite*. I think it's a fantastic story. Um, it's very dramatic. It's um, it's a very existential show. Uh, what does it mean to be human? And even more than that. Uh, are we really that important in the great scheme of things? What makes us think that we're so much more important than any other life form in particular? And I just, I just think it's a really wonderful show. It does have some, some nice um, moments of comic relief in there as well. So it isn't just all, you know, a half an hour of drama every single episode where it's unrelenting. But I, I think it's a wonderful show, and I love it. So Parasite the maxim.
4: Well, thank you very much for that, and thank you for mm-hmm. dining with us at the Curry House. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely, thank you, to Paul. Thank you.
5: You're welcome. I'm 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 always <laughs> I <was> about. Just... <laughs> I, was, I was
4: really waiting wav- for you. I was waiting for you. Yeah. I'm not going to even edit that out. That was glorious. Um, thank mm. right. thank you to Paul.
5: Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>
4: thank you to (laughs) joe
2: have a great night folks keep it kaiju thank you tiffany (laughs) thank you tiffany (laughs) yes thank you tiffany (laughs) thank you thank you guys thank you so much
3: it was a lot of fun and now i want curry yeah
2: sorry about that there we go
4: (laughs) kaiju curry house is part of the heroes podcast network and produced by uk kaiju you can follow us at uk kaiju on twitter Facebook and Instagram, or find us at heroespodcasts.com. Please consider subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, or tons of other podcast services. Thank you very much.
0: When we made our new McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets, you were praise hands emoji. Then we ran out, and you were streaming tears emoji. Now they're back, so you can be grinning face with sweat emoji. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. More time at home means more washing, drying, cooking, and cleaning at home. And more wear and tear on old appliances. But it's the perfect time to save on new ones at the Home Depot. For savings on the latest appliances, and right now, free delivery. From the kitchen to the laundry room, that upgrade is well within reach. And closer than ever. Save on top appliances. Now at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only, while supplies last free delivery on major appliances, $396 or more, valid through February 24th.